We're going to talk a little bit of horror this week, and we're going to talk about some fun stuff as well that I've had going on. Um, first things first, uh, while you be do this, you know, I keep giving my Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook and all that good stuff, my social media at the end of the show, but I realized that if you guys are like me, like, you're, you're, you're done. Like, once the interview's over, you hear that close, you're not hanging out to hear where I am on Twitter, and chances are, if you're listening to this, you've probably seen me or heard me on Twitter anyway, so, uh, so there I am. I'm Chef Bryduff on Twitter. I'm Chef Bryduff on Instagram, and I am Chef Brian Duffy on Facebook, which I do a lot of replying back to people on Facebook. For some reason, it's just a lot easier. Twitter, the, 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 they just keep rolling in um, for people like asking questions and stuff like that. It's a lot easier for me because I'm in front of my computer when I'm on Facebook. So I reply back a lot faster. I talk shit on Twitter, uh, so that's not really the greatest place to reply back to you. And Instagram, like Instagram message, really? I'm not a huge fan of the Instagram message, man. I don't know. And then Snapchat, don't even, you can follow me on Snapchat. I do some fun stuff up there. But if you send me a message on Snapchat and then I read that, and if I don't reply at that exact moment, I have absolutely no idea what we're talking about. Not a clue because it disappears. I have no idea what the hell we're talking about. So people send me messages all the time and, and I'll reply back. And then they say, oh my God, I totally agree with you. Well, I'm checking this message a week after I replied. I have no idea what you're agreeing with. So so send me a message on Facebook. Um, you can try to do it on Twitter and Instagram, but Facebook on a message level is probably the best way. Unless you got my digits, you can just text me directly. Um, so uh, this week uh, was was kind of fun. You know, uh, last week we had a, a great conversation. Um, we got to have some fun last week, and, and uh, I kind of talked a lot about what was going on and where we were and also some other neat stuff that was happening in the world. Um, you know, we had, uh, we had a little bit of fun with, uh, reading about uh, on eater and all that. So I, I definitely want to hop into eater again this week and kind of see what's happening in the eater world. Um, because I just think it's a riot, uh, watching some of this stuff and, and seeing the people that are out there that are doing this crazy stuff. So an emergency food truck network has sprung into action in wine country. So everybody knows about the devastation that's happening up there um, and, and what's going on up in uh, in Napa and all that stuff. So um, Off the Grid puts its fleet of mobile vendors uh, to work in the wake of disaster. Um, so known mostly for organizing night markets and food truck corrals around the Bay Area, Off the Grid didn't anticipate being called into action as emergency services network. But when the city officials in Santa Rosa put out a request for licensed and available mobile food vendors, to help aid its fire relief efforts earlier this week, they might as well put up a bat signal with the, uh, with off the grids logo on it. Um, so it's kind of cool to see that, you know, we're all stepping together. Uh, you guys know my buddy, Keith Breedlove from Culinardi, uh cruiser out there in Sacramento. He is up there right now in Santa Rosa. He's posting every single day. Um, he's up there. He's doing food. They were doing a whole bunch of stuff with the red cross this week. You know, one of the cool parts about the hospitality industry is the way that we, one, we are cutthroat. We will cut you out of our lives in a matter of seconds, as if you never even existed. 
But if one of us gets hurt, something happens to one of us, we move quick, man. We are up there. We're out there. Um, we're trying to do everything in our power. Uh, I got a great call from somebody last week about going down to Puerto Rico, um, trying to get some food down there and trying to get some stuff down there. And, and we're looking for some outlets for that. So if anybody has any information about uh, ways to get into some of these rural areas that are looking for stuff, please do me a favor and send me a message. Um, you can uh, you can always tweet me. You can always send me that uh, that odd message on Instagram. Um, send a message through Facebook if you want. It happens a lot faster. Um, but uh, definitely, you know, we're 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 we are a an industry of of helping. Um, but don't fuck us over because we'll we'll cut you out of our lives a lot faster than you ever anticipated. Um, so a lot of cool stuff that's kind of going on with that. Like I said, my buddies out there in Sacramento, check out Culinary K um, on Twitter and Instagram. That's uh, Keith Breedlove. He's pretty awesome doing a bunch of stuff. So, um, but so so let, let's kind of move into some of the other stuff that's going on. Um, Cookie Monster gets a food truck and a cooking segment. So, hey, chefs out there who are asking me what you guys can do to get on uh, TV, how, what you guys can do to become a, a, you know, a, a TV personality, apparently you've got to be fucking Cookie Monster because everyone's favorite Sesame Street character was getting a cooking segment and a food truck in the new season of the show. In each segment, a kid will order a meal from the truck and uh, Cookie will go on an adventure to show where one of the dish's main ingredients came from, be it a cranberry bog, a pasta factory, or an avocado farm. Farm. Uh, at a summit about the future of artificial intelligence in kitchens, TV personality and restaurant chef Tyler Flint's friend, or, uh, uh, Tyler Florence declared that recipes are completely dead and that he's joining a proprietary connected food platform uh, called Start Startup that's called Init. Uh, what the hell is Init? Let's see what this is. I didn't even dig much further into this. I didn't see this. So the world's first uh, connected food platform and you know what's really funny with this is the fact that um, it's a YouTube video, man. You know, look, I, I can tell you firsthand of what's happening. I've been on TV for 14, 15 years. Okay, so uh, 14. I mean, it's 2017. I started in 2003. Uh, it's, it's a different world than it was then. You know, back then we had five or eight chefs that we followed. We had five or eight chefs that we looked at, that we watched on TV all the time. I mean, and, and it was even prior to that. You, you look at the Galloping Gourmet, you look at Julia Child, you look at Martin Yan, you look at Jacques Pepin, you look at all of these guys, you look at the Cajun, you know, out of New Orleans, you look at Paul Perdome, you look at these guys that were the originators, the Emerald, okay, these are the, most of these people were before Emerald, even, so you look at these and, and you think about the fact that everybody wants a TV show, everybody wants a cable show, everybody wants to do that, but, but it's time for everybody to kind of step out of the box, okay, they're few and far between. Um, I'm not telling you to give up on your dream because guess what? That dream can still happen. You too can end up on, uh, you know, food network, uh, for next top, you know, food network star. I mean, one of my good friends, one of my best friends, a guy that I love to death, you know, uh, uh, I mean, Chad Rosenthal, he, he, he's out there. He did it. He's shown it works. You know, he's been on next food network star and he's got a great career to follow with that, but he's also a phenomenal chef with a tremendous kind of personality to run restaurants. He just does a really good job and he's got a great team of people behind him that, that execute that for him. But he's also very present in his business. Um, there's, there's a lot of just different things that are going on. So, you know, advice for you guys out there, if you're dying to get that TV show, you got to start it on YouTube, man. You got to start it with your little vids and your little fun stuff that's going on because it doesn't just happen. I have been on TV for years and I have, I, I've, I've worked with chefs. I've worked with production companies. I have agents, uh, you know, all over the place. 
uh, you know, in New York and L.A., um, I've got a group group of people and, I, and I'm good at what I do. I have a lot of fun. But the chef shows are just not out there right now. You've got to create your own. So as I say to my girls all the time, go out and get it, man. Stop sitting back and waiting for something. Go out and make it happen. Do it on your own if you have to. Um, you're going to see some cool stuff coming out from me and a buddy of mine pretty soon. That's going to make a lot of sense with all of this. And I promise to you that you're totally, totally going to enjoy it. So, um, so, uh, this past weekend I had the, the, the amazing, uh, I, I just had a great bunch of experiences this week, this weekend, some really fucked up ones too, which I'm going to talk about. Um, but, but this, this whole weekend was this really kind of whirlwind of, of stuff that was going on. Um, you know, I was out in Pittsburgh last weekend for the Pittsburgh or two weeks ago for the Pittsburgh festival. Um, I ended up flying home a little bit early because of the fact that my father was pretty sick. Um, so I flew in, uh, early and, uh, got to spend, uh, you know, a pretty amazing week with my, my brothers and my sister and my mother and my father, who's been in ICU, uh, for some time. And, uh, and, and, it, and during this whole time frame, I, I, I was still working, you know, I was still doing all of my stuff and. Uh, I had to be in uh, Valley Forge this weekend. Uh, I was, I was, it was promoted really very heavily that I was going to be at the show. Uh, I had the luxury and the, uh, the kind of uh, amazing experience of getting to hang out with somebody who I've, I've admired for a while because of his work, some of the stuff that he does. Um, he's been on the show in the past and he's a tremendous musician, but, but he's also a really good dude. So I got to spend some time with G love. Um, uh, Garrett flew in, uh, on Friday afternoon or Saturday morning. I'm sorry. Uh, we got to hang out on stage. We got to do a big demo and we just had a blast, man. The energy was huge. And, uh, this was oddly enough, right after my father had passed away and, uh, somebody had given me shit about the fact that after my father passed away, I chose to go and do a demo. And, uh, I don't need to explain myself or what I do to anybody. Um, this is my passion uh, for what I do. I love being in front of people and I love trying to educate people. And I love giving people um, an idea that they can do what we do in their houses and they can do it with a lot of fun. And so as I sat in the hospital uh, after my father had passed away, uh, in front of all of us, my, we were all around uh, this amazing 73-year-old man who uh, has lived life to the fullest. I mean, he was, you know, he's traveled around the world with my mother, uh, with his mother. Uh, he uh, raised four children, uh, originally starting on a teacher's salary, which in 1974, five and six was about $16,000. Um, educators making $16,000. Can you believe that shit? People that mold the minds of everybody out there. Everybody had a teacher and they're making that he was making $16,000 at that point. My mother was a nurse and they had four kids and my father uh, started his own businesses at one point, one failed. It kind of went downhill in the eighties and he pulled it back together. We didn't lose a house. We didn't lose a car. You know, he, he worked his ass off to make sure that stuff happened. So um, at his age, he, uh, the, him and my mother had the opportunity to travel all over the world. And that was one of the things that, that my father always kind of put into me is that adventure part of it and that things happen to us on a daily basis. And, and yeah, they're, they're gonna, you know, they're going to suck and you're going to feel it. And you're going to feel that pain, but I needed to get up and I needed to get out there and I needed to get on stage. And we all took a big fat, deep breath as soon as we got up on stage. And I said to the whole audience that um, I want everybody just to take a deep breath. 
and and breathe in for one second and kind of hold on to that breath and then release it and think about how good it feels to release that. We have to release things after every day. You know, we've got to we, we people don't have the same brains that we do and they work on a different level than we do. And their process of doing things is not the same as our process. So my process for that day was to go and surround myself with friends and family. And I did all that. And I was really glad that I did that afterwards. Went out for an amazing meal uh, to a restaurant in King of Prussia that's called Davios that, oddly enough, my father would have loved this meal. It was a beautiful meal. My father loved good quality food, and he loved good creative food. Um, he loved to cook himself. So it was kind of a way for me to do that. And then Sunday morning, boom, right back at it. You know, I went down to, the, to the, my parents' house and did all that stuff. But the weekend itself was just filled with kind of joy. Uh, to celebrate uh, what was happening out in King of Prussia at the Taste Festival, um, where everybody came up to me and and you know and and offered their condolences for what had happened uh, that weekend to me and to my family. Um, and at the same time, we're in a really odd place in the world. I mean, we're talking about a negative world that we all live in. So hopefully, we can all take a little bit of of positive uh, pills. And uh, not in the actual pill sense, but in the real world of, of positivity and try to have some fun. You know, let's let's stop the judging of everybody else and what it is that they do. And let's look at ourselves and let's look at ourselves and try to make ourselves happy rather than always trying to make everybody else happy. Um, it's our job to the people that we love and the people that we care about to try to be as happy as we possibly can. So that's kind of where I'm going with that stuff for this week that I want you guys to think about. Yeah, amazing weekend out at Taste, and I'm going to tell you again, I'm doing Taste Festival again. I'm doing it out in Lancaster uh, in the middle of November. I hope that you guys can make it out because I'll tell you what, Chris and Dina put on an amazing production out there. Um, you know, it is really, really very, very well run um, from the people that are helping with the food to the vendors that are out there that are selling the stuff that they have. Um all the way across the board. So if you get a chance and you're going to be in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, let me pull it up real quick and see. Hold on, T-A-S-T-E, Lancaster, Pennsylvania. So this event is taking place with a slow internet. It takes place pretty quickly. So uh, Taste of Lancaster. Sorry, guys. Maybe we can edit this part out, this really slow stuff. Oh, look at the me. I'm right there. That's my picture right up front. G Love coming out there along. Look at this. We got Darren McGrady, Chef Queen Elizabeth too. Uh, we got a whole bunch of stuff. We're going uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. We're going November 18th to the 19th um, out in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. You can find this information at uh, gourmetshows.com, uh, which will give you all the information. I'll be out there. I'm going to have some fun as well. Prior to that, I'm going to be all the way out there in uh, Lancaster or in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. It's a big PA month. I'm um, going out to Pittsburgh as well for the Restaurant Expo. I'm super stoked about that. I'm doing two demos out there. I'm going to have a lot of fun with these guys as well. So if uh, everybody gets a chance, do me a favor, check those things out. But before we get into all that, well, we already got into it. We're out of it now. We, we There's really not much more that I can talk about, I think, with that stuff. Um, I want to talk to you guys real quick about uh the guy that we're about to talk to um i uh, i actually met him on twitter like i do most people that i talk to anymore now that we've kind of gone through a lot of my really cool friends we're, i got to meet some cool people on twitter so um i got to meet a guy named james colin bresick i started to follow him through a horror thing that i had seen uh and and he was he it was one of his movies um 
So bursting upon the indie horror scene at the age of 18 years old with his first feature called My Pure Joy, James Cullen Bresick has been called horror's new hope. Uh, I like that. And a talent to watch out for, as well as garnering rave reviews on almost every horror website released by Media Blasters on their Fresh Meat Shrek, Shrek show here in 2012. Um, this film quickly rose to the top of the bestsellers list on Amazon.com in the horror category. Um, James is a real good guy. Uh, I like his kind of off-the-cuff thinking. I like the way that he uh, doesn't adhere to the norm with everything. This is a film producer and director with a tremendous amount of attributes to him. Um, a lot of accolades, things that have, uh, you know, he's worked pretty hard for. So the amount of movies that he's been involved in is just amazing. I mean, you talk about a writer with 37 credits, a director with 32, an actor with 32, an editor with 12, a cinematographer with seven. You know, I mean, it continues to go on. And the amount of movies that he's done, whether short films or not, from 2004 leading all the way up to 2018 with the movie that he's got that he just came out called For Jennifer uh, and another one that's called Virus of the Dead. Um, you know, there's a lot of really cool stuff that goes on with this guy. And I hope you enjoy talking to him as much as I do. Ladies and gentlemen, James Cullen Bresson. This guy's been around for a long time, as I said in my initial intro. And here we go. We got uh, Mr. James Cullen Bresick on the phone. What's up, brother? Hey, uh, what's up? Thank you so much for having me. Oh, man, absolutely. My my pleasure. Uh, one, of, one of the things that I found was funny was when I had first started following you, you had actually sent me a message back through that said, hey, thanks so much for following me, blah, 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 like this, this, this. If you wouldn't mind, you know, kind of talking about uh, you had a movie that was just about to come out, if I'm not mistaken. Am I correct? Something that just came yeah, out. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I've had. I, I kind of have been coming out uh, very frequently the past couple of months. Uh, but I believe it was Bethany or Circus Kingdom, um, depending. I, I think it was Bethany. That's the one that I was looking at. Yeah. Yeah, Bethany is now on uh, Hulu and Amazon Prime. Oh, that's awesome, man. How, so, so how did you get involved in, I mean, I know a lot of the initial stuff that you were doing had a lot to do with, with some of the horror stuff and, and all that, like how, what, what, what brought you into that world? I mean, I've always just been super into horror movies. Um, you know, I just like watching for lack of a better word, like fucked up shit. Um, so I just, <laughs> you know, like, you know, gore and, and like scary shit. It was always just super entertaining. I mean, like some horror movies, I like all the different subgenres. But some horror movies, like a Hellraiser movie, felt like fairy tales for like adults. And like there was just something about like seeing like horror movies where like it kind of felt like you know stuff that like it was like forbidden. You know what I mean? Like I right. was like young, I wasn't really supposed to see it. Like my parents would be like, "Oh, don't watch this before you go to bed." Like, Please. <laughs> and I was just like all about like yeah, like seek the thing I'm not supposed to see. And so, so, I mean, and then that brings you into the world of where you went in. So at 18 years old, you did your first feature, which was, uh, which was called my pure joy. Yeah. And it's, it's fucking awful. It's just a terrible movie. <laughs> Dude, I have um, dishes like that, that I've done when I was 18. So I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a terrible movie that like, I think, um, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm kind of, uh, you know, not really that proud of surprisingly people like it, but I, you know all I can ever see with that movie is like what I would have done differently now versus what I did then. That's what, and so how do you get? I mean, how do you become an eighteen-year-old 
you know, producer, director uh, in a genre of 18 where you actually have people that are funding your movies for you at that point? I mean, I did that $7,000. Like, I told myself, like, There's Robert funding. Robert I love it. $7,000. Like, all I need is $7,000. So, like, I, I hustled to raise, like, seven grand. Luckily, I had, like, a friend that had seven grand. And, you know, I made that movie. And, uh, you know, I didn't have, like, a crew or anything. Like, me and, like, two people. And we, like, made this movie. Like, two people and, like, two lights and a camera and, like, you know, a <laughs> microphone we bought at, like, you know, Guitar Center. You know, it was it was not like it was it was definitely not, um, you know, uh, like a big production by any stretch of the imagination. And looking back, I still don't know how I figured it out or did it. Like, you know, I had those like my performance strength, but I learned so much while making the movie. I think it was something like really powerful and, and special. So how many so how many movies have you done, and are 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 they all in the same genre? Um, you know, I've spread across. Genres. I wrote directed or co-wrote directed my dad a uh, animated uh, kids musical called Fargo that's available in Redbox and on Amazon Prime, uh, starring Haley Joel Osment and uh, you know Melissa Joan Hart and Asner. Oh, cool. uh, so I've done you know different genres as well as like started producing more as well, uh, but uh, I really think. Um, you know, I'm I'm really starting to uh, uh, try and branch out and do as many cool interesting projects as possible. And where you're you're based out in LA? Yeah, born and raised. Oh wow, that's a that's that's I don't you don't meet many of you guys out there. Um, yeah, I mean, it seems like all these people start moving here, but we're like you know, the few, the proud, and and. You know, like people that are like really like from LA, and it's a super interesting thing because like all my close friends, like I've been close with since I was, you know, uh, in ninth grade. You know, like my my circle of friends, we've been friends since high school. Um, so I'm lucky to have all these people that uh, you know, I work with, uh, uh, or or just know that I've known for so long, and a lot of them aren't even in it. It's like a really interesting thing because like they're super honest with me. They'll watch my movies like that was not good right. um, so i think it's really in like check and grounded versus like you know eating into the bs and the business of everybody who sees your movie and goes oh that was amazing it was wonderful um, it's, i it's loved really, it yeah it's really awesome <laughs> having a group of friends that kind of like level-headed and grounded um because it's really easy in this business to believe the hype and believe your sure. own press and to you know get a big head and i think it's really important stay humble and, and grounded and, and really, you know, know what your roots are and know where you came from and, and appreciate every day and every opportunity. Yeah, my, my, my brothers own a production company out there called Ugly Brothers Studios. They're based in uh, Culver City and they uh, they actually have most of the people that work with them are, are East Coast guys. You know, they kind of found that trust with the East Coast world and they live in it and, and they, they, I mean, they're, they're doing phenomenal stuff right now, but it's kind of funny when I go end up going out there because my agents are based out there. I'm with WME. So, you know, whenever I get out there and you sit down and you start having conversations with people and half the time that I'm talking to people from LA, I'm like, man, you, you don't, one, you, you don't even, you, you have no idea who I am or what I do. And two, you're kind of thinking, what, what are, what are, what are you getting from me or what am I getting from you in half the conversations? Um, so it's a different world to be out there, but, uh, 
but I'm, I, I love getting out there. I get out there a bunch of times a year, but I see exactly what you're talking about with having the people that aren't in the industry. Cause I feel the same way in my world, you know, I mean, in my industry, it's a little bit different because not everybody's in there and they're not all trying to kiss your ass to get something from you. You know, pretty much most of the time they just want a free meal when it comes down to it, but they are super honest when it comes back around. <laughs> from there. So, <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you have a better age than I do. I've never had an in my life. So, I mean, that's, that's pretty badass. Your WMC is pretty big. Yeah, I've done uh, I've done TV since I guess about 2003. Um, just kind of doing a lot of live stuff, and and I ended up getting a great reputation for working with people and being super easy to work with. And, and we all know the the less waves you make, sometimes the farther you go. Once you get bigger, you can start making some waves. Yeah. But um, but I mean, yeah, I'm super. No, you know, I mean, I'm super casual with what I do, and and I have a great group of people, and. You know, I may not be the busiest chef in the world when it comes to being on TV and stuff, but I, I, I'm, I'm lucky enough to be able to kind of pick and choose some stuff that I want to do, and I have a lot of fun with it. So, um, and, and I have a great team that works behind me at the same time, so I don't get a lot of the bullshit that, that you know, a lot of other people. I don't do any competition stuff. I'll tell you that right off the bat. So, but if you ever want to throw me in a horror movie, dude, I'd love to get involved in that. Yeah, well, definitely we could talk for sure. <laughs> and I was. You know, if you ever need that chef who just ends up needing to kill somebody, I can I can play that part very very well. So, um, so so what's going on for you now? What's your uh, like? Which direction are you going? Are you how much more stuff do you have going on? And I mean, you're young, man. You were born in '92. You've got a you've got a tremendous career ahead of you with stuff. Yeah, um, I mean, I'm just trying to keep busy. You know, I keep my head down and do the work. Um, you know. And so, I mean, with uh, any of that, I mean, so what, what, I mean, I'm sorry, go ahead. I, I, I just try to keep busy. I mean, I, you know, I, I definitely am trying to build for the future, but I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I, I try to not pat myself on the back because once I start doing that, I'm going to be placed with what I've already accomplished. And the, the first, you know, step to not moving forward is becoming complacent with where you are. Right. And so, I mean, one of the things that I don't think a lot of people understand, especially in the world that you guys are in, especially in film and whatnot is, you know, you're not, you're not, it's not a nine to five job. You know, it's not like you're clocking into an office at 9am and you're rolling out at five o'clock in the afternoon. I mean, you're literally building for the future so much of every single day. I mean, you, you know, you've, you've probably got ideas in your brain right now that you're lo- you know, you're kind of planting seeds and working on moving forward. So. I mean, what, what is it like in the creative world of being in Hollywood and doing the style of movies and whatnot that you do? I mean, what's, what's an average day for you? Um, I mean, an average day is just taking a meeting, working on a script, and, and really, like, kind of studying um, what actors are doing, what movies, and kind of, like, plot out my next project, really. I mean, that's... You know, it's, it's nothing too crazy or exciting. There's no, like, glamour to it. It's just, like, you know, hard work and dedication. Right. So it's not lunch at Santa Monica Seafood every day? No, I wish. That would be fucking amazing. It is an amazing place. Maybe that's when you're on, like, another level. But I'm at, like, that hustle level where, like, I'm on a constant <laughs> grind, a constant hustle to get stuff made and get stuff done. And, and you know, it's like Easter famine. So, like, got to keep busy you know right um, and are you i'm sorry go ahead i mean i i, I was I, 
I mean, are, are you doing stuff? I mean, are you working with other people at this point or are you strictly doing your own creative process? Um, yeah, I mean, like, I definitely believe in collaboration and I collab with different writers. Um, you know, I have, like, a couple co-writers I work with on different projects. Um, and, you know, as a producer, I work with different producers. And as a director, I collaborate with people to get stuff off the ground. You know, I definitely think it, it takes a village to build a movie. So, I, you know, I'm not, like, a singular force. But, uh, you know, I definitely bounce around to get as many projects going as possible because, you know, I... I a lot of stuff does end up happening. So having as many irons in the fire as possible is needed, you know, staying busy and staying afloat. Right. And then, so with some of your other stuff, I mean, your family alone, I mean, both your family's in the industry. Your mother is a voice actress. What kind of stuff has she done? Um, she was in like My Little Pony and um, she was in uh, uh, a couple other, uh, like, did like voice of Strawberry Shortcake on the TVs. And my, nice. my dad, writer wrote brand animaniac and stuff my mom was actually oh, cool. in my uh in movie believe it or not that i uh i gave her uh, you know a role in it pretty cool to to work with both my parents on a project after you know a bunch of time so i thought that was kind of cool and and what kind of stuff i mean what are you like what's your kind of guilty pleasure what are you watching i mean are you watching you know your genre stuff I mean, with everything are you sitting down and watching say, you know shit's creek i feel like i'm like you know, I, I feel like like two different things. Like I, I watch stuff like the way like a serial killer would watch things, I believe. Like, you know, like when I'm watching like a movie, I watch pretty much like, you know, cartoons and horror movies, which is what I think like a serial killer would do. Um <laughs> like I'm like, Oh yeah, I watch cartoons and horror movies. It's like pretty much like my go to like things that I watch. Um and then uh, you know, I'm always really hesitant of watching like a because uh, I'm like the type of person that like if I watch show especially if it's on Netflix it's like you know oh crap I'm gonna like end up binging it like I run that risk like I remember when I watched oh. the first episode of Breaking Bad when everybody was like oh you'll love Breaking Bad and I like watched the first episode and I was like whoop this is all I'm doing for the next like oh, it's so and bad I man afford to, like lose like a week like that but like I closed the doors shut the windows and just like would wake up every day watch as many episodes as I could go back to sleep wake up watch as many episodes I'm watching. Still watching. All I've been doing for like a week. So like I, you know, I try to stay away from those. I think that's like probably like a a, a a really dangerous thing for me. Yeah, I did. Uh, I did Breaking Bad not once but twice. Yeah, like there you go. I mean, it was just first off, it was a phenomenal show, and and I, I don't have a lot of time to watch a lot of TV, so I really, I mean, I cut everything out, man. I mean, I I cut the cord about a year ago 
And uh, it's funny. I just I just posted something today, and I said, "How do I watch normal TV?" Like, I I'll be honest with you, dude. I've got a I've got a big old fat old TV in my living room. I have no idea how to watch the news because I don't have because I don't have cable. And and, and I, I tried the scan thing, so it like scans the channels, and I've got nothing. And the worst part about it is, I probably had fifty responses on my Facebook page about. Okay, here's what you want to do with everything from Amazon antennas uh, to people telling me to buy a fire stick, which I've got all that stuff. But but I, I'm but James, I'm telling you, dude, I, I don't know what's going on in the world because I either ask Alexa in the morning and she's not working the last couple of days, or I you know go to like CNN news. Wait, why hasn't why has Alexa worked? I, I don't know. Hold on for one sec, Alexa. What time is it? Yeah, she's she's like sleeping. I mean, she's ten feet away from me. Alexa, what's the news for today? Nothing, man. She's not going on. She's but like I, I, my Alexa work. She <laughs> <You laughs> might be getting checked out. <laughs> well, and uh, I, when I was watching uh, the show Shit's Creek, which is kind of funny because you said you had worked with your father, and Eugene Levy and Dan Levy did the show Shit's Creek, which I don't know if you've ever seen it or not. If you're not the TV guy, you may just want to check it out because it's an amazing kind of interaction between eugene levy dan levy sarah levy and uh catherine o'hara and the whole show is just a pure riot it's about a bunch of millionaires that lost all their money and they could end up in this tiny little town called shit's creek um but it, it's it's funny because one of the daughter's name is alexa so every time that they would say her name my alexa would go off so i'd be like laying in bed it would say i don't understand what you're talking about or what you're saying so the world of technology where we are is taking over every single thing that we're doing. So, um, what, uh, so, so what's going on now? I mean, you, you're, when we had first connected, you were, you were, uh, pushing your new movie that was coming out. And then what other projects do you have going on at this point now that are things that you're you I know, mean, that are keeping your I'm, days? I'm doing a, a horror movie at the end of the year. Uh, and stuff and really just promoting, um, my older projects you know, that have just come out, like, you know, uh, from Jennifer just recently came out, um, you know, uh, what so I'm reading, it? Um, I'm seeing uh, about Bethany from still on like who now and what, uh, you know, circus Kane is, is recently out. Um, so, uh, and I have, uh, a movie called Gangsterland that I was a producer on coming out uh, in December. Um, so it's really, uh, you know, um, trying to promote and, and push forward my you know current project hmm. so what was what was hate crime that was a big movie for you hate guys. crime was a, a movie i did like 19 years old which was a, a really crazy uh film uh that promoted the fact that hate crimes were on the rise in um you know the u.s i'm a, I'm a jewish man and i did like research on it and saw like how how far know it was on the rise as well as like how um you know how we're, we're turning a blind eye to like the rise of the nazism um, sure. and i think we recently just saw exactly that hundred um, percent you know, I mean, before that but there's like this in this silent society and if you look at the trailer on um you know youtube you'll see like how many people from like stormfront and all this stuff and like you know all that came forward and started you know really like on in the film for you know exposing that sort of thing and saying like you know oh it's just paranoid Jews blah 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 like really anti-Semitic stuff is coming out um, and it's you know uh, a 
found footage movie about uh, a neo-Nazi that, you know, invade a Jewish family's home. And, you know, it really just kind of brings to light the fact that there's like a huge level of hate crime going on that kind of don't get classified as hate crimes, but they're against, you know, uh, minority groups. And they're just classified as crime, which is pretty crazy. And then you also have, you know, um, who's got banned in the UK. Uh, yeah, that was my a, next question, actually. Big tour, uh, big stir. It was uh, labeled by the BBFC one of like three movies in the past 15 years labeled that no amount of touch would ever make it okay to be seen, and it was unfit for any people of any age to see. Wow. But that's got, I mean, and, and I guess in one way that sucks, but in another way that's got to lead some sort of kind of following with it it's got to lead another level of interest into the movie itself because of the fact that the bbfc alone just was like no man we're not even we're not even going to entertain this one yeah i mean the the whole thing that i said is so silly for BBFC to ban a movie a you know who can really dictate what people an adult can or can't watch crazy but b um you know as as soon as they did it, it you know people started importing the movie it's not like you're gonna stop people from seeing something it really right. was just additional press to be honest like the sure. best kind of press release the movie could have and especially in this day and age when everything is just readily available i mean everything is right there in front of you no matter what you want to do yeah so yeah, exactly. you know this fancy little world we have with google um but uh so so i mean dude i'm, li- I'm looking through your imdb stuff this is crazy i mean you've been doing film since 2004 I was doing short films. Back short then. films. Like, but, you know, when I, when yeah, I was but, a kid, I, you know, I, my, my teacher would give me like a book report. I would turn into short films about why I didn't feel like doing a book report. You know, <laughs> like, I, 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 hated it. And I was like, the person was not going to do it. I, well, dude, you and I got a lot in common because I, I was just telling a story the other day. I went to Catholic school. And I remember I was always the rebellious kid. I was the kid who was going, you know, against the norm with everything. I mean, I was the kid who at 13 years old had had his ears pierced and had a mohawk, you know, in an Irish Catholic family where my mother actually jumped over the table with her hands around my throat because of the fact that I had pierced both of my ears and had a mohawk. But um, I, I was telling a story the other day that I was I was always such a rebel. And I remember one day I didn't have my my cursive book. And my teacher stood over top of me and said, get up from your desk. You're lying to me. And, uh, and I was like, I'm not lying. I don't know where the book is. And, and James, I was in third grade, man. Okay. So I, uh, she, st- and she was a big, very large woman. Her name was Miss Parentosi. And I remember her being about six feet tall and a very large woman. And she actually picked up my desk, turned it sideways and shook everything out of the desk. And then she, with her <laughs> foot. She, with her foot, she moved all the books around that had fallen out. And my, my cursive book had fallen out of the desk. It was shoved in the back of my desk. And uh, she looked at me and she said, you're not only a liar now, you're going to be a liar for the rest of your life. And turned around, looked back at me and said, now clean that up and get back to work. So that was my Catholic experience of, of being kind of the rebel in the school at, at that point with it. But but I mean, and what, what does a teacher, I mean, in 2004, what does a teacher say to you when you turn in a, a movie about why you're not going to do a book report? I mean, I, you know, I think the school system, like that's a, a whole different conversation, but I mean, I think the school system, for lack of a better word, fucking bullshit. I mean, the one thing that has not evolved over the years, like, you know, they, they put us in assembly lines and 
instead of trying to focus on what like somebody's like good at and passionate about and sell that, they give you a whole bunch of useless information that like you don't need. Like when the fuck have I ever used biology? Like, <laughs> like you know, like when the fuck have I ever had to like you know find like square root of a fucking isosceles triangle? Right. Like when the fuck am I doing that in my life? Am well, I like walking around going, shit, this triangle in front of me fell from the sky? Let me find out what corner it is. Is this so an isosceles? Really what yeah. the fuck am I going to do that? And I think, like, you know, it's horrible to condition people to pay attention to that. And then, even worse, you give them fucking grades. Yeah. So you start to demoralize children from the moment, judge them from the moment that they come into this world and start, like, you know, trying to, like, find themselves. Like, kids, you know, I was very fortunate at a young age to know what I wanted to do, but a lot of children don't. And a lot of people, you know, even my age currently, I'm 25, a lot of people still don't know what they want to do at this age. And it's like, you know, to, to be judging them and grading them when they're still trying to find out who they are is, is, I think, a ridiculous and horrible type of construct that we try to get away from, uh, you know, and, and try and better and move forward paths within this life and within this world. I, I mean, I will tell you, and do you have children at all? No, I don't. Okay. So I, one of the things I will say is that I, I grew up in that system. You know I mean? I grew up in that norm system of here's your grade. This is what you're going to get. This is it. There was no extra, you know, there wasn't really an alternative method to, to the way that you learn. And I, I will say this, that I have seen it having girl. I mean, I have children now, my girls are 13 and 16. So, and my 16 year old, you know, she struggled through sixth, seventh and eighth grade in a very, very hard manner to the point that she hates school. She can't stand it. I mean, I, I hated school from third grade on due to Miss Parentosi. Yes, lady, it's your fault. But I couldn't stand school from that point forward because I realized, I, like, I was ostracized for not having a goddamn cursive book sitting in front of me. And my daughter at six and, you know, from six, seven to the eighth grade had a really tough time struggling because she's not special needs in any way. She just learns in a different manner. And one of the things that I've seen happen over the last eight years is really the way that they're teaching kids. But the fucked up part about it all, James, I'll tell you what, the new math system, you know, you were talking about the square root and all the other stuff. The new math system that they have now is a process called Common Core. And there is no, like, my, my girls don't need to know their times table. They don't have to know that five times five is 25. They have to understand why five times five is 25. So they'll put four kids in a group and they have to come to four different ways of getting to five times five is 25. And they, it got so bad when they first switched over from the initial old school math system that you were used to, that I was used to, that they had to have weeks upon weeks of classes just for the just for the parents to go in and learn this new method. But I'll tell you what, I can stand in line and know that if something is a dollar seventy eight, how much change that I have to give back. But kids don't; they don't have the street smarts. You know, I, I mean, and it's not even street smarts. It's the basic knowledge of math because they're taught all these different methods to get around to it. I mean, dude, they don't know their multiplication table. Like, that's a big part of math in my world. I don't know. I don't know. That's yeah, I mean, I think a lot of that is also because, like, you know, nowadays everybody has a calculator on their phone right in front of them. You know yeah. I mean? So that might be why. I mean, I'm, you know, I, I, I think it's all kind of ridiculous. I mean, I, you know, there's, there's certain skills you need for life for sure but like you know cursive for instance like i i, I can tell you that the only time i've ever used cursive in graduating school was to sign my own name 
Right. That's it. Nobody uses you know, it anymore. Like, like you know, where's where's the where's the classes on like learning how to do your taxes? Like, where's the classes on like write a know, check? Like, Seriously, yeah, like, remembering your goddamn like, password. Yeah, yeah, where's the class on real life skills? Where, like, people are like, you know, where's where's the class on, like, budgeting for, like, you know, bills and, like, yeah. your whole life? So, like... <laughs> yeah, my daughter had a class on making... Uh, she is home ec. I don't know what they call it now. It's life skills or something to that. And she made mac and cheese the other day, and she said to the teacher, she's like, my mac and cheese is better. Like, I make better mac... And my daughter's going to culinary school for two summers. But, uh, I, I mean, it's the truth. They don't... What are they teaching that is in reality? Now, there are a couple of really cool programs around where I go. One is called Waterbound, and the other one is called, I, I can't, it's, a, it's actually an international class that these kids take so that they can go to school anywhere in the world. It's really, really, and it's the same process. So if you, as James, went to school in LA and you were in this class and you go into second semester of school in London, you're on the same educational system. It's really a neat process of what they do. And guess what, dude? They teach metric. Which, right. which, which we is the only country in the world does not use. And it's more precise than anything else. But um, I don't know. Education is a whole different world. Did, did you go to college? I did not. I went to college for like a week and dropped out. School was never really something for me. Then. Like that's just kind of like there's certain it is for and certain people it's not for me it just uh, you know i was i was the type of person that wanted to make their own path not follow the path of everybody else well i, I mean i'll tell you what dude it, it's funny and this may sound a little bit weird but if you were in school now i think you would probably get a better enjoyment out of it than you did back then because i know just watching my girls go through school now in certain parts of it especially with some of these 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 extra kind of programs that they have like something like a waterbound which in reality has nothing to do with water just so you know but uh it, it really is a big it's a big thing man because they're really working with kids who who learn in different methods i mean i'm a very i'm a very hands-on person you can sit there and give me notes all day long i have no idea what the hell you're talking about so but then there's somebody like my daughter who takes it has the most amazing note-taking skills i've ever seen but but we're, we're not we're not here to talk about education so what's what's next for you what is your i mean What's your next stuff? I mean, what what's your big promotion right now that you're working on? Is it still with Jennifer? You know, I mean, right now it's like you know, check out um, check out method and, and circuit chain. Okay. Uh, you know, uh, that's kind of my personal thing. Is like you know, Bethany, see circuit chain, um, and uh, you know, I'm going to be working on a movie called Together at the end of the year that I'm directing. Um, but you know, I'll, I'll I'll start promoting that closer to when it's coming out because I've made the mistake of promoting a movie too early and then like we'll have to wait like a year before seeing it. And, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, check out Beth, check out Circuit Chain, check out uh, from Jennifer, which is now out as well. That's cool, man. All right, so James, how how uh, how can we get everybody to follow you and and get all your information? What's your what's your follow stuff? You know, I'm at James Cohen on Twitter at James Cohen on instagram and uh yeah and reach out say hi you know, i'm more than happy to talk to you and, uh you know i i stay pretty active on social media and communicate with uh friends and fans on there. nice man well cool 
Well, James, thanks so much for your time, dude. I really appreciate it. And uh, everybody who's out there, check it out. Um, all, all the new stuff that's coming out from James and uh, definitely get out and follow him at James Cullen B on Twitter and Instagram. Dude, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it, man. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me. And uh, I look forward to you know, keeping in touch with Well, I told you you were going to like him. Uh, everybody do me a favor. Check him out. Um, check him out on Twitter. It's really simple. Uh, that is James Cullen B um, out on Twitter. And the same thing happens over on Instagram. Um, he's uh, having a lot of really cool stuff with the horror world that he's been in and some other cool films that are getting ready to come out, too. So definitely check him out. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed this week's show. And uh, I want to thank every single person out there. Uh, for the amount of support that you guys give me, not only on a weekly basis with this show, but the the amount of support, uh, the outpouring of comments and uh, and everything to uh, to console myself and my family for the loss that we have this week of my father. Um, so uh, thank you just from the deepest, most bottom place of my heart. Uh, I want to thank all of you guys for that. Your messages did not go unnoticed. I read every single one of them. Um, I have gone through everything and, uh, you know, 170 text messages in a 12 hour period um, from different people just all over the country and all over the world that I've met uh, who reached back out to me. And all of you on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram uh, who sent messages to me, both private and personal um, or private and public. Uh, I really do appreciate every bit of that. And I and if I took every single one of you up uh, on the uh, the offerings for if there's anything that you can do for me, um, I would have absolutely nothing to do because I feel that everything in this world would be solved because of all of that, um, all of you saying that. So thank you so much for your support during this pretty crazy time that we're having. Um, I will say that, uh, look, my pop was a really good dude and he is uh, he's up in heaven and he is living his life um, up there with with all the people that he loved uh, throughout the years. Um uh, we are a strong family and we've got this covered and I appreciate every one of you being there for me. So thank you guys so much for checking out episode number 32 of Duffified Live. As I say before, you can find me on she- on Twitter and Instagram at Chef Bryduff. Uh, that's what I got for you guys. Thank you so much and have a great week. Didn't get Duffified enough? Follow Chef Brian Duffy on Facebook and on Twitter at Chef B-R-I-D-U-F-F. Look for the blue verified checkmark to get exclusive content and to see what's coming up on next week's show. This has been Duffified Live with Chef Brian Duffy on Radio Influence. I'm Jerry Petuck, CEO of Radio Influence. I just wanted to take a quick moment to say thank you for downloading and subscribing to this podcast. There are a lot of people behind the scenes here at Radio Influence that work hard to keep you entertained day in and day out. If you'd like to get involved and advertise on this program or you have some show ideas that you'd like to see us add to the Radio Influence family, please email us at contact at radioinfluence.com. We all have crazy schedules, so the fact that you took time out of your busy day to let us entertain you for a while means a lot. Without you, the listeners, we wouldn't exist. So thank you again for downloading and subscribing to this show. Don't forget to check out radioinfluence.com to see what other shows we also have to offer. All of Radio Influence's programming can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and of course, RadioInfluence.com.